Well, morning, One Church. I hope you're all well. And I hope you're ex- as excited as I am um, after this morning's worship and uh, Talita's sharing and all that has flowed uh, so far this morning. And I don't think I've been so quickened before I've actually begun to speak a message as I am at the minute. And I think our word for the one word for the month talks about that. Uh, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is liberty. I think something is beginning to certainly happen for me and for the church. Uh, there's a there's a breaking open of something here. So, um, without further ado, I'm going <laughs> to plow into the message and and uh, well, just come with me on this journey. Hallelujah! As we continue in our October series, unmasking the gospel, a series that Sam put together that he felt the Lord had laid onto his heart, and and from what has happened so far, I I really believe that uh, is the case, and uh, what a series is turning out to be. And as you know, it's taken from two uh, Corinthians, and uh, I'm not going to go into all that. But if you read one Corinthians and two Corinthians, uh, where Paul has had to write to the Christians in Corinth because of the way they are beginning to behave, what you see is that is not very nice behavior it is not right behavior uh, which will fit right in to what I need to unfold this morning there was a myriad of problems there Um, wrong living such as claims of spiritual superiority over one another suing one another in public courts abusing the communion meal and sexual misbehavior amongst other things and uh, and these are Christians Uh, and and Paul is demanding a higher ethical and moral uh, standard here uh, and those things can only be measured against god's actual high standard of moral standards and uh, and so let's explore that further uh, in this message together uh, this morning i just want to uh, say that also sam mentioned about the na- a nation that we have that seems to have masks everywhere you look masks 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 and do you know the sad thing is as we look in the church we might see fabric masks, but unfortunately, there are unseen masks, masks of behaviour patterns that were either put on people that we've done to ourselves, what the religion may have put on or been taught, and more probably and often or not, more often than not, the devil has put on uh, people because he's always trying to uh, uh, veil the things of God, trying to always hide the truth that set us free. And today, I want to build on the two great messages we've already heard: Sam Spook on grace unmasked and Jeff on glory. Unmasked unmasked two amazing subjects that we need to go back over again and again and if you haven't yet listened to them I would urge you to do so and you can find them as ever on the onechurch.uk website under recent uh, sermons and my title and subject this morning is righteousness unmasked that is righteousness unmasked and you know, righteousness is a word that can quickly be glossed over, uh, read past without really taking hold of it. It's got a lot of letters in it and um, uh, and it's a big word. But the church and Christians, I think sometimes we've made it a bit of a cliche and it is a, a word that's just used. But I want to say from the outset here this morning, if we can get hold of this this morning, if we can get this mask off righteousness then something is going to change. When you and I grasp who we are and what we have been given by God, things are going to change in the church, in our lives, in our behaviour, in society, and certainly in the area of confronting the things of darkness. When we truly get hold of the truth, of the grace, the glory, and the righteousness of God, 
uh, then we shall be transformed. Once the masks are off, the gospel will shine forth in the darkness and others will be drawn to it and their masks will also come off. God's grace is sufficient for each one of us. That's what uh, Sam declared. Uh, and, and he gave us that mnemonic, God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace. Righteousness comes through Christ's expense. It's a gift from God. Let's not forget that as I go through this message. It is a gift from God. We cannot earn it. We don't deserve it. And we can't buy it. So, this is the time now for the church to take off the spiritual masks that the world is trying to strap on us and declare that it is all about Jesus. It will always be about Jesus and nothing or no one or can anything else can change that fact. The Bible says uh, in Jeremiah 23, 5 to 6 that mentions in there that he is the Lord, our righteousness. Righteousness is through him. It is by him. It is all about him. And one of God's names linked to that scripture in Jeremiah is Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord, our righteousness. We need to get our focus and our full attention back on Jesus. Many things will then change in and around us. It is time for the masks to come off. The word mask means to conceal something from view, disguise, hide the identity. In other words, to prevent something being seen or noticed. Please note, the devil does not want you and I to get hold of this whole concept of the righteousness of God. It is that gift from God, the gift you get all at once. It doesn't come in stages. Fruit comes in stages. The fruit of the Spirit is something we begin to grow and develop in. But get hold of this. Righteousness is there all at once. The whole package as a gift, as you open it, everything is there. It is for all of us, not for special people, special Christians. It is for all who believe in faith in God's Son, Jesus Christ. A mask is there to make you look like someone or something else. And we don't want to look like something else. We want to look like Jesus Jeff quoted last week that D.L. Moody said, the only Bible some people will ever read is you and me. What are they seeing when they look at us? Is it a mask or the real thing? Is it us or is it Jesus? With masks, I don't know about you. I can't see the face of people. I can't see the mouth. I can't see any expression. I don't know if they're smiling. I don't know if they're grimacing. You can't see that full face of understanding and know what is going on. The enemy does not want the attributes of God being seen, the fruit, the expressions of love and compassion, etc., hidden. That's what he wants. Unmasking is about exposing the true character of a hidden truth about that person or something. So we're going to have some revealing this morning. We're going to see God's righteousness, God's quality, his moral standards for right living, uh, are going to come through this morning. It is one of the chief attributes of God. Righteousness. That is rightness, uprightness, morally perfect. He is righteousness. As I explored this whole area of righteousness, I found I was struggling to put it all together. I'm quite a simple person in understanding things. And I had gleaned many newts. Yet I just couldn't get a flow. It just wasn't coming. It was so big and so amazing the more I looked at it. So on Monday of this week, Monday night, I said, Holy Spirit, could you please help me to get this amazing, important subject across to those listening as well as 
to myself and I went to bed. Be careful what you pray for, I'd say, because the next morning, Tuesday morning, my mind and spirit were full of what you're about to hear in a moment. And what I have done here, there's always someone got to go first, isn't there? I've taken off the mask this morning of fear of messing up or getting it wrong. And as I put it together, this next part, I just went with the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And as much as I've been tempted to, 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 to go back and tinker with it and mess with it in, in some way, there's been like this, no, I'm going to go with what I know in my spirit and part of my creative character that has been hidden for too long is coming out. And I'll leave you to be the judge of it. But let's start looking in the first and most important place, God's word, to set the scene. And that is in 2 Corinthians, which is our, uh, our letter that we are looking at and pulling our thoughts from this month go to 2 corinthians 5 would you please uh, and verse 17 to 21 and uh, that block of scripture starts at verse 12 where it is headed up be reconciled to god that's what it's all about isn't it being reconciled to god and i believe this morning some of us some of you listening are going to be reconciled to god in a new and deeper way let's go to verse 17 this is amazing scripture listen to this therefore if anyone are you in anyone therefore if anyone is in christ he or she is a new creation old things have passed away keep hold of that old things have passed away behold all things have become new that says all things now all things are of god look at all them alls now all things are of god who has reconciled us me and you to himself when we've said yes to Jesus through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God, that is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Paul goes on to say, now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That is, that we would be just. Uh, the quality of being right, living right. There's that conformity to the will of God in all respects that comes in that big word righteousness. You know, God declares that. He imparts it. Let's move on into chapter 6, where uh, verse 11, and in, in my Bible it's got, says, Be holy, as the opening uh, sort of headline. And uh, remember God said in the Old Testament, I am holy, you be holy, for I am holy. And that is where we need to aim for. And this is Paul here at verse 11. Look at this. O Corinthians! Exclamation mark. There's a bit of a oomph there from him, isn't there? We have spoken openly to you. Our heart is wide open. Mine is at the minute. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own affections. Now in return for the same, I speak as to children, you also be open. Key part now, verse 14. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? That's the devil. Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, as God has said. I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. 
I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Wow. Jeff spoke about contrast, didn't he, last week when you go into that. And there are some contrasts for us in there, isn't it? Righteousness versus lawlessness and uh, light versus darkness. And uh, and uh, that is worth going back over his message because, I tell you, that was a wonderful a message expounded on the glory unmasked. I want to give praise now to the Lord and the Holy Spirit for what you're about to hear because this was the inspiration from him and I'm just going to go with it. So, I've just been to the Royal Court of Justice and I'm going to give you a report of what took place. Presiding over that court, was the judge, Lord J. Hoover. And amazingly, it was so bright where he was sitting, I don't know what lights they had on, you just could hardly see the person there, but you could see the name banner that said Lord Jehovah, J. Hoover. And as I looked across to where the accused uh, stand, there was a man and a woman, and they were dressed in filthy suits. They had masks on, and I don't know if they could even see through these masks. They had chains on their feet and 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 uh, their their hands. They were shuffling. Their heads were down. There was like a grey cloud around them, and there was a prosecutor standing at his position, and his name badge said Mr. Uh, Lucifer, known to many as the chief accuser, and he's also got a reputation for lying. And as the proceedings unfolded, Lord Jehovah invites Mr. Lucifer to present his case. And this is what he says. Before you stands Mr. and Mrs. Sinner, they have fallen well short of your laws, your requirements to live right. We would be here for a very long time if I were to read out all that they have done wrong and still doing wrong and knowing their nature will keep doing wrong. Nothing but sin, 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 sin. So I put it to you, Lord Jehovah, that they are guilty as charged and the only sentence you can pronounce in judging them is death. That they should be taken from here, be tormented and tortured and finally executed. He sits down and Lord Jehovah, Jehovah invites the defence advocate to speak. He is a very prominent defence lawyer called Lord Saviour and as a stickler for the truth. It is true, my Lord, that Mr and Mrs Sinner have fallen well short of the laws of this land and the requirements for right living have at times been broken with disobedience, rebellion being part of that list. Like many who have stood before you, they sadly have fallen well short of your perfect standards for right and peaceable living. We know from antecedent history that this behaviour goes a long way back in their family line. That, however, is no excuse for their behaviour. They have made their own choices in life. A matter of the will, you might say. However... In my defence of them, I would point out that they have been lied to, just like their ancestors. It is, after all, where it all started. They have been oppressed, harassed, tricked and constantly accused of many things of which Mr Lou Cifer is well aware. My Lord, I must point out to you that according to what is written in the records, there is an alternative verdict that you can give today. And that comes from the case of Calvary and Resurrection in which one man died for Mr and Mrs Sinner, 
and all the other victims of so great a deception that took place all those years ago. As I understand it, the chains of sin and death were broken. The accuser and deceiver of the people was totally overcome, beaten and defeated. And more importantly, a way of escape under law was created known as the Grace Act, whereby the price has been paid in full for every sad case like uh, those of Mr. and Mrs. Sinner, allowing them to be set free even though guilty. Incredible, I know. As from previous cases, you are fully aware that under the Redemption Clause, I can offer and administer atonement because of the Grace Act to the accused. And if you would permit me to address Mr. and Mrs. Sinner, I will see if they would like to appropriate it and come under its protection. Lord J. Hoover gives the go-ahead. Lord Saviour stands up tall. There's an authority about him. He's dressed in white robes. And the bottom of them seems to be tinged in red. He speaks to Mr. and Mrs. Sinner as their advocate. And he says, do you realise recognize and accept that you have fallen well short of the requirements for right living often called unrighteousness they answered together yes under the grace act from the case of calvary and resurrection i want you to understand that one man chose to die on a cross for you and others like you and that selfless act willingly carried out by that one man named jesus christ who himself had not fallen short of right living in any way, that being known as righteousness, actually took all sin upon himself and paid the penalty, the judgment, in full. In doing so, he bore, that is, he took upon himself your guilt and the condemnation and judgment due to you. Do you understand what I am saying? Mr and Mrs Sinner answered yes. Lord Saviour said, do you now believe it happened? They answered, yes. He says, before you were actually, before this, you were actually professing unbelief. Yes, we were. At this point, Mr. Uh, Lucifer stands and shouts objection. The advocate is leading the accused. Lord Jehovah overruled and pointing to the large book that was laying on a table in the court and a book that governs the court proceedings, known as the Word, he points and says, no, he is outlining the Grace Act, as contained in the Word. It is important the accused understand its meaning. Lord Saviour continues, because of his, that is Jesus' actions, on the cross of execution, the law of sin and death were actually broken, annulled, and his blood being shed, was a key in all this. You have the chance today to appropriate, to take hold of the clause, because there's a key line in this clause that says, this is the day of salvation, and it is still available to you today. And as recorded in the word, 
under the Grace Act, if you say with your mouths that you believe this happened and that Jesus Christ died for you and was raised to life, completing the victory over the law of death and condemnation, you will today be saved from the judgment and the charges you are facing. A decision from your hearts. Do you understand? Mr. and Mrs. Sinner said yes. As if you answered yes to accepting the Grace Act, you will be deemed to be justified, is what it says. Meaning, just as if you never sinned in the eyes of this court, the people and Lord Jehovah. You will be pronounced not guilty, innocent. Do you have an answer to give? We do, we do. They seem to be in a hurry, Mr. and Mrs. Sinner, to get it out. We believe what you have said and choose to take and choose to take hold of the Grace Act brought about by the actions of that innocent man, Jesus Christ. We do believe he died for us. Why he would do such a thing, we do not fully understand, but we are so grateful. What love? Too much to fully understand. Suddenly, Mr. and Mrs. Skinner, Sinner, began kneeling. And they said, so we're sorry. They said, sorry to the Lord, Jehovah, the judge. And to you, Lord Saviour, and all who have sinned against, please forgive us. We didn't really know what we were doing. It was the veil, a veil like a veil was over our eyes, like a mask. At this, Mr. Lucifer stood shaking and very angry and began throwing accusations at Mr. and Mrs. Sinner. Many made up, it seemed. Lord Jehovah slammed down his hammer and declared, As written in the word under the Grace Act, which I stand for, they have confessed their sins to me and the court, and as a just and faithful judge, I have the power to forgive their sins and cleanse, that is, clear them from all unrighteousness. This I now declare. Mr. and Mrs. Sinner, you are now free from the penalty of sin and death through the confession you have made. You are free to go. Charges dropped. He then continued, please change those filthy garments that they are wearing. They smell of unrighteousness. At this point, under that instruction, two court officials, also dressed in white, actually approached Lord saviour this is the amazing bit he took two robes off himself and gave them to the stewards who took them to the accused and placed them on mr and mrs sinner they were brilliant white robes robes that were the same as lord saviour was wearing and apparently these robes are recognized by everyone and known as a robe of righteousness also, at the same time, the masks fell away, revealing two radiant, smiling, joy-filled faces with tears running down their cheeks. The rattle of chains was heard, dropping from their wrists and ankles. Lord Saviour spoke, You have now been clothed with new garments, robes of righteousness, declaring you saved from the penalty of death and sin. And he leant forward and wrote their names in a large book before him. Mr. and Mrs. Sinner were gasping and saying, but we, we don't deserve this. We've not earned it. Can we pay for them? 
He said, they are a gift from me. You have been made righteous today. As Lord Saviour lifted his hands up at this pronouncement, Mr and Mrs Sinner gasped as they saw a hole in each hand. If you find yourselves doing anything that is not right in the future, you must call me immediately and I will help you. Wear those robes confidently but humbly. For by grace you have been saved today by faith and you have been clothed in righteousness. Walk in it. Somehow with the veil, the mask gone, they recognised that Lord Saviour was actually the man, Jesus Christ, whom he had spoken of. And Lord Saviour ended by saying, you have now crossed over from darkness to light, from being unbelievers to believers, from being unrighteous and unrighteousness to righteousness. The un, those two letters, have been deleted from your records. And my words to you are, have no more to do with those things that you were involved in before. Then pandemonium broke out in the courtroom. Mr and Mrs Sinner began dancing and twirling around with their robes twirling around them, singing and shouting hallelujah. The stewards were doing the same. And Sue was Lord Saviour. It was totally amazing. I spoke to Mr and Mrs Sinner outside the court. They said, it was as if we had been blind all these years, but now we see. It was like scales falling from our eyes. It was like an unmasking of the truth. We feel clean and like we are brand new as we look upon these amazing robes of righteousness given as a gift to us. We just keep seeing Lord Saviour standing there before Lord Jehovah speaking on our behalf. We kept trying to live right before doing all the right things. We thought self-effort, that's what we say is now, self-effort, a self-righteousness, a pride that has got us in this mess. We understand now that it is not by works, but by grace. Lord Saviour said to us that Lord Jehovah now only sees us through him, just as if we have never sinned. We have been declared right. Cheers. We are now in right standing with Lord Jehovah, who we understand is also known as God. We are securing him, Jesus our Lord and Saviour. That's who we're securing now, walking and living in him through his resurrection. We have been made righteous. We have through Jesus God's nature. We, if we mess up again, can you believe this? We just have to call upon him and confess what we've done wrong. And he said it's in that big book, the word that we apparently need to read. 1 John 1 verse 9. That as we confess these sins, he is just and faithful to forgive us and cleanse us from this word again, all unrighteousness. Dear people, that 
is how a humble man <laughs> received a word from the Holy Spirit. And it may be a story, but it's a true story. I believe God wanted it sent out that way for someone this morning. I don't know what shame you've been battling with. I don't know what guilt you've been battling with. I don't know what accusations you've been battling with. I don't know what religious rules you've been under. I don't know what masks have been put on you. But I know this. Right now, right here this morning, as you have heard of Mr. and Mrs. Sinner, and as Christians we mess up, we get it wrong, you might not even know Jesus, but you might know him. And it may be a difficult walk and it may have gone wrong at times. But Lord Saviour said, all he said is you have to just believe that this man Jesus Christ died for you on the cross and that your sins are forgiven. And as the Lord Jehovah said, and as the Lord Saviour said, you only have to come and confess those sins. You only have to come and say sorry for what you've done wrong and even ask the Holy Spirit to put his finger on what it is. Because the accuser, Lord, <laughs> Mr. Lucifer, is standing there trying to stop you opening your mouth. Because firstly, you believe what has just been said. But then when you say with your mouth the word, he is a defeated fool and freedom comes. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. That's why there was dancing in the courtroom. That's why the stewards were dancing. And those stewards are actually angels because it says in the word of God that when a sinner gives their heart to the Lord, when a man or woman or child confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord, when that new creation starts, that born again moment starts, the angels are having a party. They're dancing. They're, 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 everything is going uh, 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 as I said pandemonium in heaven because of one sinner one sinner saved one Christian who returns to the fold having backslidden one of us who feels weighed down and covered in shame who can actually lift up our head and call to the Lord Jesus Christ and we will be cleansed there is celebration there is <laughs> there is rejoicing because Jesus come to set the captives free. And when he put that robe of righteousness on you, it is on you. It is yours. It was given as a gift. And you are as righteous now. And then when you got saved as you ever will be, even when you get to heaven, that does not change. Yes, you grow in fruit and behavior and develop things. But righteousness, he is our righteousness. He is the one that we're walking in. There are scriptures before I pray. I want you to just list these and go over these because lots of what I've said has come from these and and the word is important. I can't go through them all with you now, but I'm going to just list them slowly and go to them. And there are actually 540 times that righteousness and rightness righteous are mentioned in the bible so i'm not going to go through them all so you'll have to look some up but 1 john 2 verse 1 
talks of Jesus the Advocate. Isaiah 61.10 speaks of the rule of righteousness. Titus 3 verses 5 to 7. Not by works of righteousness what we have done. 1 Peter 2.24 spoken of in our last series. Live in righteousness. Psalm 23 verse 3 talks about the paths of righteousness. Matthew 5.20. Righteousness of heart, not legalism. Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. 2 Timothy 2.22 tells us to pursue righteousness. Zechariah 3.1-5 shows in there the whole story of Satan accusing and the robes, the new robes being put on Joshua the priest and the filthy garments taken off. Proverbs 8 verse 20 talks about the way of righteousness. Romans 3, 21 to 26, righteousness of God revealed. And Romans 5, 17, that free gift of righteousness. Ephesians 5 verse 8 says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Get the mask off, yeah? For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by light becomes visible. That's unmasking. For it is light that makes everything visible. Take hold of this. You are righteous in God's eyes, if you have said to Jesus, please become my Lord and Saviour. Righteousness isn't a condition you achieve through human effort. It is a position God places you in when you trust in Christ. If you have trusted in Christ, from then on, God wants to see you to see yourself as righteous which is how he sees you let's get this mask off by the deeds of the law no flesh will be justified in his sight for by the law is the knowledge of sin but now the righteousness of god apart from the law is revealed revealed unmasked to all and on all who Believe, Romans 3, 20 to 22. So if you're struggling to be righteous, remember what I read in 2 Corinthians 5, 21. He, God, made him, Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we, you and me, might become the righteousness of God in him 2 corinthians 5 21 god made jesus to be sin and then god makes you to be righteous (laughs) awesome so we're just going to pray now lord I've just let it flow out of me uh, as I believe you've placed it in me this morning because it's not of me, it's all of you. 
and unbelieving however this has come out lord as uh, i stepped out of the boot this morning lord i've stepped out of the boot lord because i want to walk in the freedom of the holy spirit like never before Lord, I want every mask to come off me. I want every mask to come off everyone listening that is hindering them from living in the full potential, in the full freedom and liberty that you purchased upon that cross and that full freedom and liberty that comes with the infilling of the Holy Spirit that you sent the Holy Spirit to us. Lord, I want every lie of the enemy, every deception, every accusation this morning, right now, Lord, like the elastic on these masks, Lord, that we have round our ears, Lord, Lord, I just pray now for the sword, Lord, that two-edged sword to cut through, Lord, and ping these masks off people's faces, off their minds, off their eyes, Lord, whatever is masking, Lord, the truth for each person listening, whatever is masking them, Lord, from being seen, Lord, as who they are, children and uh, the Most High God, sons and daughters of the Most High God. Lord, you say who we are. We are royal priests, a royal priesthood. Lord, and the, the minute we say yes to you, we have those robes placed on us. Your righteousness. Lord, let that truth sink in. I pray, Lord, that however I've delivered it, Lord, that you, Holy Spirit, will turn it round and make it understandable in the hearts and ears of those listening this morning. And that today, Lord, as, as the song talked about dancing with you, Lord, dancing before you, Lord, the King of glory, Lord, and as I unfolded in that story, Lord, there will be dancing in robes of righteousness this morning, Lord, as your children are set freer and freer and freer, and others are going to be so drawn to it, Lord, because they're going to want to have that freedom. They're going to want to have that joy. They're going to want to have that special, special relationship with you, Lord. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. And we thank you that you are Jehovah Sid Canoe, the Lord, our righteousness. Amen.